It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning Good morning, everyone. Welcome in to Sports 56 Mornings on this President's Day holiday, the Monday, February 19th, 2024 edition. Greg Gaston, Zach Boyd, Eli once again is off today, but he will return home tomorrow after calling all those Ole Miss baseball games out in Hawaii, in which the Rebels actually went 2-2 two and two in their four-game series against Hawaii, but Eli will return tomorrow. I know there's a lot of folks who have the day off being a national holiday, but there are some like ourselves who are working today. So for those of you who are listening to the program, thank you very much. Yes, we have a lot to get to on the program. We're broadcasting live from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Their floor model sale just churns on, man. There's some great deals. If you haven't been to Family Leisure it is, I call it a, really it's a game room for adults, although there's a lot of things kids can play as well, but when you're talking about all those pool tables and game tables and arcade games, plus beautiful pools and spas and theater seating, they have it all for you at Family Leisure. Special financing available at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. And the first hour of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. Currently 30 degrees, brr, cold this morning. It will get up to about 58 today. Sunshine mixed with clouds, but no rain in the forecast. Then we're looking at 37 tonight. Tomorrow, though, the high gets to 64 with sunshine and gets even warmer for your Wednesday at 71 degrees. Coming up on the program today, we'll look back at everything that happened over the weekend in the world of sports and for the Tigers, they have hit rock bottom in men's basketball, no question about it. This morning, if you're checking out the net, they are number 86 after getting blown out by SMU in Dallas, 106-79. to They lose both games in Texas, having lost to North Texas on Thursday. They fall to 18-8 overall, 7-6 in conference play. A lot of words after the game. We'll get to those quotes from the players from Coach Penny Hardaway. Of course, we'll take your calls and texts starting just a little bit later on. I want to get things off my chest here early in the show. 360-8255. That's 901-360-8255. Uh, we will be joined by Tim Buckley at 805. He's the deputy sports editor and senior writer at the Daily Methian, also one of my co-hosts on the Daily Methian Tigers podcast. We'll get his thoughts. Matt Infield from Action News 5, weekend anchor and reporter. He'll join us in studio from 9 to 10, and we'll also talk to Matt. We'll continue to take your calls and texts. And then at 925, we'll switch gears, and we'll talk with Eric Vickery. He's the author of a book called Running Redbirds, the world champion 1982 St. Louis Cardinals, Whitey Ball, and all that good stuff. All those great players from that team, led by one Daryl Porter, the late Daryl Porter, as uh, they beat Milwaukee in seven games. We'll talk to him about his new book. We'll be doing a book signing in a few days in Arkansas. We'll tell you about those details as well. We'll also, speaking of baseball, give you a, another chance to win a couple of tickets to go see Cal Ripken Jr. speak on Thursday at the Heindel Center on the campus of Northwest Mississippi Community College in Senatobia. We'll give away a pair of tickets today and another pair tomorrow. And the guys over at Sports Time on Sports 56 from 3 to 6 also giving you a chance to go listen to the Iron Man Thursday night in San Antonio. We'll talk NBA All-Star Weekend. Some good, mostly bad. Let's be honest. Yesterday, <laughs> the East wins 211 to 186. That's just ridiculous. Come on, that is ridiculous. We will go over that uh, from the weekend as the events really started on Friday night and continued through last night with the All-Star Game. We'll go over the college basketball scene from the weekend, including the Men's College Basketball Committee unveiling its top 16 on Saturday, and then subsequently four seeds lost over the weekend. 
We'll go over what's happening in the SEC after a busy Saturday, including a Kentucky win at Auburn where they thumped the Auburn Tigers. And uh, all of a sudden, here comes Cal. <laughs> Cal, man, he just he has things and he and he keeps them in the back of his head, and then he unloads at the appropriate time. But Kentucky beat Auburn 70-59 to in that game. The PGA Genesis Open did not see Tiger Woods last more than a round and change. We will give you the winner for that. And the Daytona 500 was postponed yesterday. It'll be run today. In fact, in fact, the Xfinity race will be run later this morning. The Great American race will be run at 3 p.m. Central. They had a lot of weather, a lot of bad weather in Florida. It'll be the fourth ever Monday race in Daytona 500 history. So that'll be going on later on today. So that is your lineup for the day. Let me first of all bring in my uh, partner in crime today, Mr. Zach Boyd. Zach, I was asking you before we went on the air if you watched the Tigers yesterday, and you said you were working out. Yeah. Was that purposely done? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I. I mean, I to avoid the Tigers, not to work out. Yeah, no, 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 no. I was, I was, that was already planned, not to kind of, uh, you know, take out some frustration or anything. Like that was already pre-planned. Like I already, like I, I was going to the gym Sunday, and I just said, you know what, I'm, I keep in touch with the Tigers. Maybe they might make it close, make it a game, but most of the time, but that that entire time it was just strictly gym. SMU was a four and a half point favorite. And once again, the metrics, the numbers, Ken Palm and company, they were right. They predicted a loss at North Texas, predicted a loss at SMU. They predict a close win on Wednesday against Charlotte. But Charlotte has been one of the big surprises in the American Conference. Memphis has five regular season games to go. And there's not an automatic win out of any of them, not the way they're playing. They have to play Florida Atlantic twice. What a game yesterday between Florida Atlantic and USF. But USF won that's 11 straight in the conference after losing their first game in conference play. And I think what really got them turned around was the 20-point comeback in Memphis against the Tigers. I think USF took off after that, and Memphis went right down the drain, unfortunately. So I'm going to read you a quote. Again, I don't know how many people were out there listening. I hope a lot this morning, even though it is a holiday and many folks who listen going to work are off. But I do appreciate those who are listening. Here's the quote. If I said I was disappointed, that would be the understatement of the year. Our lateral quickness and our toughness is just something I've never witnessed in all my years of coaching. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. And really, it's not about losing. Even winning, when I watch the film, I see unathletic plays. I see people that don't handle the ball, that are just interested in taking quick shots. It's been a disappointing year. Where did that quote come from? Who said that, Zach Boyd? Oh, that's Penny Hardaway. No, it's not. Oh, it's not? No. That is Rick Pitino. <laughs> that is Rick Pitino after his Johnnies lost yesterday to Seton Hall after having an early lead. But you can take that quote and you could put it into the Memphis situation. You can't attribute it to Penny because Penny didn't say that. But it almost sounds exactly like the issues that Memphis is going through. And those issues obviously come from both the coaching staff and the players. Here's some of the quotes that Penny did say. This is the one, man, just rocks you a little bit. That was a BS game, man. It's frustrating, very frustrating. I asked what the most frustrating part is. F, he let the expletive fly, losing like this. This is terrible, man. This is not competing at all. I don't know what's going on, but it's not competing. David Jones said he agrees that there are guys on the team who have quit. I don't know. Maybe because they don't care about basketball, about winning or losing. I don't know. Penny didn't name names, but he ripped some of his players after the loss. I think after today, it's going to be some feelings hurt. This isn't us quitting. We've got guys that want to continue to fight. Well, I think it is to a certain extent about quitting because what Penny and David Jones are saying is that some guys have quit, that some guys don't care. So my question is, why have those guys not been weeded out 
as the season has gone along. Penny says things and then kind of backs away from them. I'm going to limit my rotation. Well, yesterday, he had 11 guys play in the first seven minutes. 11 different players. Did they lose because of that? No, it doesn't help because there's no flow, there's no continuity. But if you don't have, if you have players in there that are not competing, that don't care, then it's up to you as a coaching staff to weed those players out. So they weren't naming names like Rick Petito did in his tirade after the game. He named players. This guy's terrible lateral movement. This guy doesn't compete. This guy's not athletic. Penny didn't call out players, but you can probably come to a conclusion which players they're talking about. David Jones, and if you listened and listened carefully and while you're watching the broadcast on ESPN, they were talking about the players competing. They kept praising David Jones. They kept praising Naquan Tomlin. They even praised Malcolm Dandridge. So if they're all on the same page, then what players is he talking about? It can only be because you can't be talking about guys that play three or four minutes. And Penny was asked specifically about Tomlin coming to the team midseason, the Jordan Brown saga. He said, no, it's not that. It's not that. So it has to be. And, and I hate to, to bring up a name, but he's got to be talking about Quinterly and maybe even Jaquan Walton. That's the only people I could think of that he could be talking about. But yet we've always, not always, but we've heard the stories about Malco that the combinations of certain guys out there and Malcolm have not always mixed. The chemistry hasn't always been there. But for the most part, Malcolm has played very well this year, the best he's played in his five seasons. You look at individual numbers, and they're pretty good for the most part, for the most part. But you look at team numbers, and they're absolutely horrible. Memphis was out-rebounded yesterday, 40-29. to They gave up 17 offensive rebounds. They gave up 23 second-chance points. They gave up 26 fast break points. The SMU bench outscored the Memphis bench 46 to 30. Memphis for the game shot 48.2%. Not too bad. But they gave up 56.8% from the field. They gave up 12 threes. Not as many as North Texas got on them, 16. But they went 12 of 30 for 40%. The defense is still the biggest issue. Are there problems on offense? Yes. There are problems on offense. They scored 79 points, though. It's not like they scored 50. They're not the greatest shooting team, with the exception of David Jones. I would suggest that Penny find shooters more than just what he thinks are athletes, if he can. But this was on defense again. Scrambling to guard on the perimeter as they got open threes. Open threes after open threes after open threes. Or they went inside and they dominated in the paint. 48 to 32. Because you know what? They had athletes in there. But they don't not only athletes, they had physical specimens in there that were banging low. Ball would go up from the perimeter on a three-point attempt. SMU knew where the ball was coming down. Memphis had no clue. Their heads were on a swivel. They couldn't figure it out. They were in bad position. I recorded a few of the plays watching the game yesterday and threw them out there on Twitter. Just perfect examples of what was going on when Memphis was outnumbering SMU 4-3 or 3-2 on a certain play and still getting beat. Again, giving up 17 offensive rebounds. And they all got him. One guy at three, another guy at two, 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 another guy at two. They're all banging. They're going to the boards. They're banging. They're getting rebounds. They're beating Memphis to every 50-50 ball. Was that because Memphis quit? Or is that because these guys just wanted it more? Or is that because maybe they have as much talent as Memphis does? As we keep talking about how much talent Memphis has? Tigers are in jeopardy, serious jeopardy, of finishing eighth in this conference. Right now, they're tied with North Texas and East Carolina. North Texas beat them already. 
So they have the head-to-head. They haven't played East Carolina. East Carolina, I hate to tell you, is playing pretty good ball, and you have to go there. David Jones had 33 points and 10 rebounds. <laughs> so what, what more can you ask from this guy? He was a minus 18 out there on the floor, but that's more a team thing than it is an individual thing, in my opinion. David Jones scores 33 points and yet was still a minus 18. Naquan Tomlin, as Penny flip-flopped the starting lineup again and Malco started, played 28 minutes, hit 6 of 8 from the field, 4 of 5 from the free throw line, had 17 points, but only 3 rebounds. A guy his size needs to have more rebounds. Nick Jernane played 19 minutes, did not have a rebound. But I guarantee he's not one they're talking about because he plays his heart out. It's just he's Good, but not that good. And he could be out physicaled. Jaquan Walton played less than 11 minutes. 0 for 3, continues to struggle from the field. Maybe that's a guy they're talking about. But I think it's on Quinterly. Quinterly played 29 minutes, had 9 points, did have 5 assists, but turned it over 5 times. But a couple of the plays you saw that were emphasized by the broadcast where he didn't get back on defense. He just, he, he the ball either got stolen or whatever the case was, and he never got back on defense. And he's one of the leaders out there. So a lot of this falls on Quinterly. Then again, Quinterly earlier in the season won them a couple of games with last second threes. The Tigers could easily have four or five more losses. Easily. Now, a couple of the games that they lost, they could have won. But that wasn't one. They lost by 10 at North Texas. They lost by 27 at SMU. The halftime score was 58 to 36. They gave up 58 points in the first half. Ricardo right off the bench went for 26 to pace the way for SMU. SMU is a good team. They're not a great team. I'm almost at a loss for words, even though I keep talking. Because that's what you do on Sports Talk Radio. But I'm going to give you a chance after the break to give us your opinion. I've gotten a lot of calls. I've gotten a lot of texts. You can probably guess what they're all about. The coaches, specifically the head coach, is the one who assembles the team. So it's on the coach. I mean, you can't put this on one player's shoulders and say this is why they've struggled the way they have. It is incredibly disappointing. It's more than disappointing. It's it's rock bottom right now. Charlotte on Wednesday, again, won't be a picnic at home because none of these are picnics. Then you got to go play Florida Atlantic. You still got two with Florida Atlantic. Do you think right now Memphis is going to beat Florida Atlantic? Florida Atlantic was getting crushed at South Florida. Came back in the end, almost pulled it off, but didn't. Credit the Bulls, 90-86 to 86 winners, as they've won 11 straight, as I mentioned earlier, after losing their first conference game. This feels more and more like it could be a one-bid league. If USF wins... The conference tournament gets the automatic bid. Florida Atlantic right now would be in. They're not going to be in the top 25 today. They're going to drop out. But if they lose a few more, they probably would be out of the field. But South Florida people wonder, well, why aren't they in the field even if they don't win the conference tournament championship? I don't know if they're getting any closer on Jerry Palm or Joe Lenardi's radar, but they still have bad specs. Because they had some really, really, really bad losses earlier in the year. And unfortunately for Memphis, who had some really good wins, those wins don't play don't pay that much of a of a dividend in the end because those teams that they beat have all struggled. Not the Tigers' fault, but it is what it is. If Arkansas was really what we expected Arkansas to be, and all these other teams that they beat, would Memphis have beaten them? Is it strictly Memphis played great early? 
No matter who they played, if they were playing American conference teams early in the season, when they had chemistry, they would have won all those games. I don't know. Have they taken some of these teams for granted early in the schedule? I'm talking about the conference. Maybe early in the schedule, but after a couple of losses, and you can't turn around and go, keep using that as an excuse. Think about the teams that are new in this conference. They haven't played Florida Atlantic yet, the best of the best. They'll play Charlotte Wednesday, having a great year. They lost to Rice. They won in overtime over UTSA. They lost to North Texas, and they lost to UAB. And they get another chance against UAB a little bit later down the road. At East Carolina, at Florida Atlantic, home to Florida Atlantic, home to UAB, and Charlotte at home. That's it. They're 7-6 and six in the conference. They're 86 in the net. I read you some of those quotes. I, I don't know where you go from here. I will let you get it off your chest. Again, I don't know how many people are listening today because it's President's Day. It's a holiday. People are off, and we'll give you that opportunity. When we come back, 901-360-8255. Keep it short and sweet, but get to your point. This is a, a chance to let it all hang out. 901-360-8255. That's also the text line. So if you don't want to call, that's fine. Just text in. Want to get your reaction. We're going to get reaction from Tim Buckley later in the show, from Matt Infield later in the show. That's coming up next. I do want to tell you folks about a place for lunch or for dinner. I know it's breakfast time right now, but later on in the day, you're going to be hungry. And if you're looking for a great barbecue, Corky's Ribs and Barbecue has been a Memphis tradition and a staple for four decades. And they will cater events. They've been catering as long as they've been in existence. So they will come to your location. They'll set it up for you. Start you out as low as $8.99 per person. Just ask about their catering services. You can dine in at any of their four locations. You can call up, pick up, have any of the services deliver, or just go through the drive-thru. No contact delivery. Party packs start at just $7.49. They have lunch specials every single day. And if it's not barbecue you're interested in, especially if you're uh, if you're Catholic and you have Lent on Friday and you can't eat meat, get the catfish plate. It's an award-winning catfish plate. But they have tamales. They have burgers. The cheese and sausage plates are terrific, plus wings and barbecue nachos, on and on and on. Poplar Avenue in Memphis, Poplar Avenue in Cuyerville, Germantown Parkway in Cordova, and Goodman Road in Olive Branch. Reserve their private party room at either of the Cordova or Olive Branch locations for any event that's coming up in uh, your life later this year, especially graduations, birthday parties, anniversaries, and such. Corky's Ribs and Barbecue, open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Everybody's working for the Welcome back, everyone. 729 The Time. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Eli is off again today, but will return tomorrow. Greg Gaston, Zach Boyd, it is time to get your texts and your phone calls. And apparently a lot of people are up this morning, either getting ready for work or just tuning in, and we certainly appreciate that. All right, this comes from Reggie. I keep saying, and we'll say it again, which is too late now, but we need it and still needed a point guard. JQ is not him. He is a shooting guard. He dribbles too much, can't, won't consistently find the open guy. He is not a respectable guy with the ball in his hands, except the occasional three hits. Tyler Harris and Alex Lomax played better than this, and for the most part, we thought they were not good enough. Memphis winning teams won with a good point guard. For example, Larry Finch, Kendrick Davis, Derek Rose. Uh, yeah, okay. Kendrick Davis, they lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament, but I get what you're saying. Um, and Penny himself. Until we get a good team with a true point guard, we will continue to lose. Lose. And a year with no drama. It's always something. Every year Penny has been in Memphis, there has been drama. That's for certain. Some of which Penny brings on himself. You can't start a group and pull them out less than two minutes into the game. And please shut up about it, what he wants to do for the city and rankings and respect. Earn it. I called for Ryan Silverfield's job, and if Penny can't get his teams to play for him, I will treat him the same. I don't know why you called for Ryan Silverfield's job, but uh, that is your prerogative. 
All right, we go to uh, a few more of your texts. Tigers look out of shape and overpaid. <laughs> Penny has done less with more talent than any previous coach. Say goodbye to Jones because he's waiting uh, his talent at Memphis. David Jones, I think, will be a draft pick. I believe he'll be a second rounder, maybe. Maybe he can find his way into the first round. He's got a lot of things he has to be better at, especially on defense. But could he stay for one more year? Yes, he could. Could he go somewhere else in the portal? Yes, he could. I think he'll end up going uh, professional. Uh, this one, also from the 901, it has to be something internal with the team that no that nobody will talk about. No way Caleb Mills meant that much. Maybe the team is in open revolt because of Brown being allowed to rejoin the team. Because I thought the players voted about it and seemed like it was a no. Yeah, the, according to what I know, the players did initially vote no on that. But they were already falling off the face of the earth before Jordan Brown even returned. And I don't believe that is the issue because they did end up taking him in. It doesn't seem to be the problem. I was over there at a couple of practices, saw them working with him. I, I think that would be a scapegoat. Now, all the issues combined together – Causing problems, yes. I, I think it would be a, he would be a scapegoat, though. We'd just say, yeah, it's because of, of Jordan Brown. Um, from the 901, it has to be something internal. I just read that one, of course. Let me uh, go to Raider Corey. The team as a collective have checked out. No flow, no real game plan. Perimeter defense is the worst I've seen under a Penny coach team. But again, ultimately, this is coaching. And unfortunately, it gives Penny another excuse. It's the players now. I'm very frustrated. I'm a very frustrated fan right now and debating if I want to attend Wednesday's game. All right, let's get to your calls as well here at 901-360-8255. Keep those texts rolling in. Yes, it is the worst perimeter defense I have seen. Penny has hung his hat on defense since he has been here, and he's had some good defensive teams. So as I said the other day after they lost to North Texas, I said on Friday, it's got to be one of three things. One, they're not intelligent enough to understand the defense which I don't necessarily think that's the case. I'll get to my third reason because I think that's the reason. The second one would would be that they are uh, not good enough. They're not good enough athletes. They're not good enough players. I don't believe that either. I think it's this one. I think that it's complicated for them. They're not unintelligent. It's just, it's an NBA style that he runs, and I think it's too complicated for them. They, They don't get it. They don't understand switching defense. Their communication is horrible. What I would do personally, and again, Penny's forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know, but I would turn around right now because you have nothing to lose. And I know they've had to have practiced zone at times. They don't use zone. And I know it's a macho thing and Cal is the same way. Play zone. Just play zone. See what happens the rest of the way. Play zone. You're in better position to rebound. Play zone. You won't give as many perimeter threes. Play zone. Why not? Do something unorthodox. Do something that's different. All right, let's go to your phone calls. Keith is first. Hi, Keith. Oh, my God. All right, there's no organization on offense, okay? And Penny's one of the greatest point guards ever, all right? But, yeah, slow it down, Greg. I agree. Play zone and slow the offense down. I mean, just pass it, you know, 42 times, you know, until you get an open shot that you can make. Mm -hmm. And defense. They're not rebounding. There's no effort on that. I mean, rebounding takes effort, and they're not doing that. Right. I mean, and he's not shrinking the lineup. I mean, it starts at the top. He said that three straight games, he said that he was going to shrink the lineup, and he hasn't done that. No, and and no, Grizzlies need David Jones. Uh, They need him. Grizzlies need David Jones, all right. (laughs) Yeah, they need him. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate the phone call. The effort is being put up by David Jones. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's getting double-digit rebounds every single game. I think it's because they're out of position, like I said in the first segment. Watch. Go back and watch if you DVR the game. The ball will go up. They have no clue where the ball is in the air. And then that ball hits the offense, in this case SMU, knew exactly where the ball was, and they were able to get rebounds. And then... Certainly, the effort was much better on the offensive boards. That's why they were able to get 17 of them. Iceman is next. Iceman, how are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Well, it well it finally happened. Penny has showed it. Well, not to me, it ain't finally happened. He's been showing it to me since he's been coaching. He's not a coach. That's just, that's just strictly what it boils down to. High school basketball is not the same as, as supposedly big league basketball in college. 
It's just not the same. He just doesn't get the players. I, I've never seen a coach that can't get his players to do what he wants. He puts players in, he starts them, and he has to pull them within a minute because evidently they're not doing what he wants them to do. I have never seen a coach pull the rotation of players out after one, one to two minutes. I, I hate to say it, but it, it, these players were all high recruits. Everybody says they're good. What's going on? Coaching. Simple as that. Thank Got to be a change. Got to be a change, according to Iceman. By the way, Joe Cooper got in the game yesterday. He is a walk-on who became eligible in the second semester. And it's amazing the text that were coming. It's like, play Joe Cooper. It's almost like when the Grizzlies sign a guy for a 10-day contract. It's like, that guy's great. Play. Why aren't they playing Joe Cooper? But the kid went in there and played hard. The point is that Penny got down to walk-ons. Noah Stansbury did not play. He's the only one that did not play. Everybody else played. But the point to Iceman that he made about the rotation, he played 11 guys in the first seven minutes. He goes to the bench three minutes in, and he takes David Jones out. So I don't think it's something David Jones did wrong. It's just very odd. But again, I don't think it's it's necessarily that. That just adds to the equation of the problems. It's a lot of things, uh, unfortunately, rolled into one. 360-8255, do have a couple of open lines as we go to Greg. Hi, Greg. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, last night, a guy called in after the game, and he put the he, – he just – he unloaded on Penny. And I listened to him, and, and it basically came down to that Penny was not a college-level coach, and what he did in high school – it's just not working. He will not change his ways. He's stubborn. Da 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 da. And I said to myself, "Well, this is the worst team that Penny has put together in his tenure at Memphis. They're they're not smart. They they're not athletes. They can't they can't do fundamental basics." And uh, then I went back and I said, "Who's responsible for that? The coach. Who's responsible for recruiting? The coach, Penny just may not be the guy, and I would hate to see him get a Larry Finch. But Miss mm-hmm. fans are smart, and they will sit out this program if this program is is putting the product out like that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 just is what it is. We need a real coach. Patino is a real coach. He's going through the same thing. These guys coming out the portal today, they don't believe in defense, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But coaches have the ability to get them to play a different style of basketball with time and with punishment. And I don't think Penny has that mentality. Patino does. Uh, He's going to get it right. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. You you know, it is what it is. No, good stuff. Hey, there is something to say about that. Look, the time has passed. We're not going back to Bobby Knight choking players and throwing chairs across the the hardwood, but we do have the Danny Hurleys and still the John Calipari's of this world. I, I think it has to be with this day and age of, an, of the athlete. The athletes are so different in today's day and age. Sometimes you have to treat them uh, with, with a kid glove. I understand that. But y- you need to be... You need to have some discipline. And I think... See, Penny does behind the closed doors, but when it's happening on the court, there's no, I mean, he's changing, he's changing his lineups, but I don't think he's doing that because like Cal would pull a guy right out when he screwed up, he'd pull him right out. Maybe Penny does that every once in a while, but for the most part, Penny is just like, it seems like he wants to get everybody in there. He feels bad not to get these guys playing time. I don't know if there were promises made. I don't understand why you have to play so many guys so early because you don't get into a flow. But I do agree with Greg in the sense that you have to be some sort of a disciplinarian. You have to be. You don't have to be as crazy as Dan Hurley, but they won the national championship, for goodness sakes. Calipari, you know, he's only won the one, but he did win a national championship. Then again, you have a guy like Tubby Smith who won a national championship and was very, very passive. Um, so it's different different styles, right? There's not one particular style that wins championships. But I would be curious to know what, for example, Rick Stansbury thinks. Like, if I give him a shot of truth serum and just talk to him, I wonder if if the, if the he agrees with everything that they have done. He's not going to say it. He's not going to answer those questions. But I, 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 Because Penny 
makes the ultimate decision. He, he makes the ultimate Don't get that wrong. He, he maybe listens with one ear open and the other ear closed as far as listening to the coaches. I mean, they're there. They help. But Penny makes the ultimate decision. I wonder if they're always on the same page. I can't imagine they are, and I'd be curious to see uh, how a coach like that would have done it differently or would do it differently. I'm just curious how you would handle guys that have been problems. Because once again, Penny, without directly naming names like Patino did, has called out players. So is something going to be done? Remember when Quinterly didn't start that first game after the whole season starting, and then he was back in the starting line at the next game, and he still played 30-something minutes in that particular game. That's not much of a, of a discipline to a player. So we'll see where this one goes after what he did yesterday, calling out these players. And David Jones following suit and saying there are some players that have quit. Well, if some players have quit, then you don't play those players. I don't care who they are. You can't play players that are detrimental to your goals of being successful. All right, next up is... Dan. Dan, how are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Thank you. Hey, there's just a couple of things I want to point out, Greg. When that point guard from Alabama, the transfer, when he sit on the court like he did, he wouldn't have been back on the floor anymore after that. Right. And, you know, if everybody's wanting Penny Gallon, who are we going to get? You know, nobody's thinking about that. Well, and also, again, it's it's a tough, touchy subject. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. It is really, really touchy. Uh, somebody brought up the whole Larry Finch thing, and we know how bad that was at the end. Penny's not there yet, but certainly it's a different ball game um, with what Penny not only means, like Larry meant, but Penny's given his money. He's taking less money as a coach. Um, he really cares. He really, really cares. I'm telling you he cares, and I'm telling you this is eating at him. But he's got to solve it. I mean, he has only himself to blame. He can't. He can't be... Blame anybody else because he's the ultimate decision maker. So he's got to figure this out. They're going to have to win the conference tournament to get in to the NCAA tournament. Does anybody believe that that's possible right now? I don't think so. That would be six years, one tournament win. One tournament win. Melvin is next. Hey, Melvin. Hey, how you doing? Good. Let me hit on the first topic. First of all, because, you know, before I get on, you know, the negative part, let's, let me say this. All, you know, the guys be coming out the woodwork saying Penny can't coach and all that. He's an AAU coach. Penny first year, he swept Greg Marsh. The last two years, he was 3-3 three and three against Kevin Sampson. He beat him by double digits three times, and he always covered. Like, he he beat, I mean, I, the Virginia Code won the championship. Did we would we smoke him? Did we beat Clemson? Did we, he had swept our uh, Bulls with you. But with that being said, he gets stubborn ways. That's it, he, Melvin. Like, you hit it on the he, head, he got, buddy. And we, and, and like, you know, when everybody was talking about the rotation and, and you know, sometimes I'll put it back on it, but now that's my main thing because, like, the commentator said, you sort of took one minute into the game. Like, let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. And it is not just that, but like we see, I, I didn't get the call in after, after last Friday after the, the North Texas game. North Texas game probably worked in this game called the substitution. Like the patterns, Greg, it was it North Texas game. It was six game left. He's still playing lineups that we never seen that he's never played. It's, I'm like, man, is he trolling the media saying, "Y'all yeah, not gonna tell me my rotations or this or that?" And yesterday he played because Jalen Young back, so that's another rotation. Yeah, and he only play he only played one minute. You got to walk on playing ten minutes. You know why he got to play ten minutes? They, He's just riding new some steps on. And you, you look behind the bench. I know this is getting a little too much at all, but he got all his buddies behind the bench. He's on Twitter. that's defending them. Like, the, the role, and, and people talking about Quinley. Okay, Quinley's not great. At the end of the game, Joe Cooper, the man, Quinley's still high-fiving guys, and he's still playing hard. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he didn't get the foul on the play. He didn't get back. But about it. I mean, they get him down court so fast. But the problem, and then another thing, Greg, we won three. Remember when we came back in Wichita State? Okay, this is lineup. He lose one game. He take Tomlin out, put Malcolm in. Yeah. Yesterday, did. so so you change the lineup. You substitute a minute fifteen in the game. Then here come Chuck Carter, fan who didn't play the last game. Oh, I didn't, it, it's now your turn. Like, and when you putting Jane High, I'm, I'm a player. You putting Jane Highway in for me with one minute into the game. What what y'all think these players folks can't do every game? You put uh. David Jones back in, he down 10, 12 points. Yeah. So, man, what y'all, 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 y'all,
If you think there's a better option on this team than Quinterly, you guys are crazy. Uh, Quinterly, he did some bad things yesterday, not getting back. I mean, and I agree with that person who said, I'd sit him the rest of the game. I would have. I would have sit him. Uh, I would have sat him the rest of the game. But Quinterly is still a better option than, come on, the walk-on or anybody else playing. That's what it is. That's He assembled this team, okay? Quinterly may not be as good as maybe what people had hoped, but he still has pulled him out of the fire several times. But going back to Melvin, the chemistry issues and certain lineups that Penny uses, he's still mixing and matching using different lineups and things, and it's just it's not it's not clicking. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You have to play with what's consistent. But I, I do agree wholeheartedly with what he said about stubbornness. If people really believe that Penny doesn't know how to coach, come on. X's and O's, like he doesn't know the game of basketball, you're crazy. But he's stubborn, man. Play freaking zone. Play zone. I don't care if it's not manly. It's not the thing to do. It's not what they do in the NBA, right? You're getting these guys ready for the NBA. You want to win games? You want to somehow get get, get on a run and maybe win the conference tournament championship because that's your only way you're getting in? Figure out a way to play zone because, again, when you play zone, you guard the perimeter better. You're not you're not uh, helping your, uh, your teammate there trying to – to cheat over on a guy leaving your dude open, you're covering that that area, so you're guarding that area. You have a better understanding of where the ball's bouncing off the rim. I'm just saying, why not do something as drastic as that? They don't play it, play it. Try something different. Try to surprise your opponents right now, because right now nothing is working. One more call before we take the break. Joe's next. Joe, how are you? Hey, Greg. Hey. I'm um, good. Um, start off with the tactical thing. I think you're right. You don't do a zone for an extended period of time, but if he would throw in a one-three-one or a two-three, just you know, every seven, eight, ten possessions just to throw the other team off, he refuses to do that. So I think there are some tactical things he could do. Um, as far as the season, I think it's divided. Penny said last night into two sections. When Caleb Mills went down, um, it really just shocked the team. It changed what they could do offensively and defensively. And I'm going to point out that Mills was under Kelvin Sampson, and to use that as an analogy, I think this squad, if you take the same squad, Kelvin Sampson would be able to light a fire. You wouldn't have the issues that you're having. Penny relies on guys like a Jeremiah Martin, a DeAndre Williams, a Kendrick Davis. Like He has to have – I know you say behind closed doors. He just doesn't have that personality. Mm-hmm. He's very calm, very collected, which has its benefits and crunch time and stuff like that, but he doesn't have what – you know, he needs to light a fire under. Example, what yesterday was very similar, eerily similar to, uh, I think, seven years ago when Diedrich and KJ were just laughing on the bench while we lost at SMU by 40. Uh, Diedrich transfers, and Bill Self, you know, works with him, and it's like he was a completely different guy than under Josh. Um, so, hitting, it's, it's, we're, I look at this as a one-off. This was a mistake. You tried to get all these athletes, these really good players, and they, you know, disparate personalities where they all kind of want the ball, and it was a mistake. He needs to go back to kind of the formula that worked the last couple of years, get a really good big big man like a DeAndre, a Jalen Duran, and see if you can find a leader that leads by example at a point guard, whether it's like a top-level SoCon, Ohio Valley, you know, wherever you're finding that player. Um, right. It could be a P5 guy. Got you, someone Joe. that really leads by example. Thanks, I appreciate Greg. the call, man. Good stuff, Joe. Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't work, but he's still going to have the same formula as far as going out and getting players from the portal. But, yes, you can be more selective on who you want to get as far as trying to get the best players from each roster. I mean, to, to me, and, and not to blame a particular player, um, but I think the one that's been more disappointing than than any of them, and it's not – I'm not saying that he's rocking the boat because I don't know what he he's doing on the bench or in practices, but the one that hasn't lived up to the expectations, I think, is Walton. I expected more from Walton. If Walton was knocking down those threes at like 36, 37 um, percent, I, I think they would be in a lot better position. They just don't have that. You saw the shooting problems uh, rear its ugly head against North Texas. If David Jones isn't doing what he's doing, and some people will look at this and go, man, what a gunner that guy is. Yeah, he has to gun because he's their offense for the most part. He and Tomlin. So he has to do what he's doing. He had 33 points yesterday. He had 10 10 rebounds. 
I mean, so the guy's doing the things that you need to do. He's getting the rebounds. He's not the biggest guy out there. Yeah, he turns the ball over every once in a while, but that's part of what he is. Because you know what? He shouldn't have the ball all the time, but he seems like he has the ball a lot because he's dribbling and dribbling. If they set him up, there would be a little bit more of a of a chance that he's not having the ball as much in his hands that when he gets the ball, he's ready to shoot. But most of the time, he has to create for himself or shoot with somebody in his face. Watch David Jones. Almost all the time, he's shooting with somebody in his face. Whereas you watch opponents against Memphis, they will swing the ball to a wide-open guy shooting a three. Every single game. Dribble, drive, penetration, kick. That's the problems that has been on defense. And what makes it really frustrating is that they continue to do the same damn thing. It's not working. So why not try something different? All right, we're going to take a break, come back, and wrap up Hour 1. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle-lingle. Welcome back, everyone. 7.55 the time, finishing up hour number one. Talking Tigers after... Their latest loss, they've dropped six of nine. They lose to SMU, a team that's leaving the conference to go to the ACC, 106-79 after SMU lost in a down-to-the-wire game in Memphis earlier this season. That was one of those Javon Quinterly games. They come back and they wallop the Tigers yesterday. Uh, 901 Steve says, without being in the practice sessions or hearing the private conversations of the players, one thing appears certain, the team for the most part and the coach are not friends. Maybe another reason to investigate might be the effect of NIL in some way. The one word that comes to mind when looking at the history of this head coach is constant letdown over the last five years. All right, let me get to uh, some more texts here. Tigers look out of shape and overpaid. Penny has done less with more talent than any previous coach. Say goodbye to Jones because he's waiting his talent in Memphis. I think I read that one earlier. Um, let's see. From a fan of a different team, just watching them play, absolutely no effort on defense. Offense just looks like one-on-one basketball, and someone just jacks a shot. Rebounding is terrible. Team has quit, and the ones giving no effort should be benched, and that's on the coach continuing to allow it. Um, from the 561 area code, everyone knows the game plan against Memphis. One, pass around, you'll eventually get a wide open three. Two, pump fake down low, and we'll foul you. Three, take a shot clock down to the end, and we'll foul, or they'll make a layup. Ah, boy. From the 901, it's really sad because the season had so much hope attached to it. We were clicking on all cylinders, and it looked like the best team since 2008. And it's just unbelievably depressing how far we have fallen. I don't know where we go from here. I know that Penny can get players, but if he can never get them to gel, is he the right guy for the job? And then Ron again wants to add on, says, Penny wants to be his player's buddy, so they'll all play. The whole NBA system thing, you know, using this as a launching pad to get to the NBA, I, I don't mind that. I mean, I don't mind the premise of it. Cal certainly had that same type of premise. But the one thing I think that's frustrating, and somebody alluded to it, they got out to a great start this year, albeit against big-name teams that ended up being disappointments. I understand that. But they played better as a team, chemistry-wise, they were gelling. Remember, Brown was on the team at that point. They were still going through the trauma. Mikey Williams, there were still some other things, but they were clicking. They were clicking. They had the disappointing first half against Villanova in the conference champion and the uh, tournament championship. And then they had the loss at Ole Miss eventually that was a lead of 11 points that they lost. But you know, a couple of losses, they looked good. They were 9-2. and two. So this one's weird because they started out all on the same page. And then it became unraveled. And people want to say, well, it was the Jordan Brown drama. Many point to Caleb Mills' injury. Caleb Mills' injury certainly didn't help. But I don't, I don't think Caleb Mills is the difference in 
six, seven losses in conference. I, I just don't. Um, the point about the, the the point guard. I mean, we make it sound like Quinter- Quinterly's awful. He's not awful, but there are times that he doesn't compete. There are obviously some chemistry issues with certain certain groups that are on the court. Uh, somebody texts in, I agree with Dave about running a zone. You're talking about Greg? You're talking about me? Tigers' full-court press is most often beaten by proper spacing and passing. It just exposes their conditioning and weakens their shooting and rebounding. Uh, get a dog at point guard. What do I always say? Three things. One, when you're building a team, and easier said than done, right? But Penny can get the players. That's the thing. He can get most of these players. Now, for the future, you know, we'll, we'll see, right? You want to have the results. One tournament win in six years is not a great result. But they want to play for this guy because of who he is. And that's a problem because a lot of times when coaches who were great try to coach up their players in the same mold as them, it fails because those guys just aren't you. They're not you. They don't understand what you're trying to teach them. I think that's a a big problem is the comprehension of what they're trying to teach them. That's why I say make it simple. Simple man the man and then go to zone and go to zone. But certainly he can get those players. What do I say? Point guard, pass first. Pass first point guard with the greatest handles in the world. You mean like Curly Neal from the Globetrotters, but he's passing. He's dishing. And can score, can shoot, but is pass first. Two, a dead-eye shooter. They've never had one. I mean, just a dead-eye shooter. Bates looked like he was a pretty good three-point shooter, but that whole drama. Somebody who's just in here, man, just give me the ball in the corner. It's going in. And then give me a guy who just pounds the hell out of you. He doesn't care about scoring points. He can set screens. He's physical. Somebody gets in the face of his teammate, he goes right into the face of that person. Somebody who's intimidating. Then you fill in the other two and get a good bench. I'll play you. I'll play anybody out there. That's what I need to start my team. All right. Hour one of the books. When we come back, we're going to get the perspective of Tim Buckley from the Daily Memphian. Then we get back to your calls and your texts on the Tigers. Talk some NBA All-Star game as well. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.